0: Welcome to the Manufacturing Come Up. This is a podcast designed to share people's stories, experiences, and knowledge in hopes of helping someone else reach their goals. We will be interviewing various people from different industries in order to gain a variety of perspectives to help people make informed decisions on the best way to pursue their career aspirations within manufacturing.
1: Welcome to the Manufacturing Come Up. I have here Kevin who's the president and CEO of Gorilla Mill. If you haven't seen our podcast before, we'd like to dive deep into, into somebody's history. This guy's gonna be a really good one, especially for myself personally, because as a business owner, I just love to hear how business owners become business owners, right? And I'm sure there's a lot of people out here that are in all versions of their of their career path. And a lot of people are also gonna be debating like whether they should start a company, maybe they just started their company. And I think you'll definitely be able to add a lot of value and, and uh, asset to that. The
0: last, uh, 16 years since we developed the grilling mill has been, uh, exhausting as hell, but it's also been a, a just a exhilarating joy, ride. It really has. <laughs> it's, um, we were just talking a little bit about it last night how it all got started and I could go on for like 10 hours about it, but it, uh, it started by accident. I mean, I I'm, I grew up and was raised in San Diego, California. I was actually in radio out there. I had no idea I was going to be in manufacturing at any point in my life. And uh, so I, uh, my wife, who had been with me for ten years out there, we finally got fed up in California and headed back west here. And I'm mean, back east. and, and my father in law was the owner of the company first when we were called Carbide Grinding
2: Company. Okay.
0: And uh, we bought it from him in 2003. In about 2005, a buddy of mine, and, and turned out to be the patent partner, uh, we, we, uh, we put together an end mill to go after another big end mill line At We were a custom shop building custom tooling for people like Snap-on Tool, Harley Davidson, uh, you know, bigger companies around Milwaukee. But when he came to me with this end mill and said, look, I can't beat this end mill at this particular company. I said, well, let me take a look at it. I looked at it, came up with my own ideas. Um, and uh, put some things together, took a couple shots at. It. Next thing you know, we had we had beaten that end mill at that company. And so then uh, it, it's kind of it just kind of grew virally. It was it wasn't something we expected. We didn't even really think about going that direction. But it, it, through you know true blessings and everything else and hard work and having the best team on earth, it Mark and I decided to take it national. We came you know the, the whole story behind how we came up with a gorilla mill was basically we were drinking too much beer one night. And we were uh, kind of going through the animal kingdom, you know, zebra mill, viper mill, all this stuff. And we're like, ah, oh, that's all stupid. And I was laying in bed one night and it's like gorilla mill. And it, it seemed tough. It seemed strong. Yeah. But at the same time, you got the alliteration going. So we thought, ah, oh, you know what? That sounds like fun. And then yeah. we said, well, but if we're going to do this, let's just have fun with the marketing and not not care about what anybody thinks. We have a great product. We know, and we've been, we've been accused of being a gimmick. And we tell people, if you think we're a gimmick, Put our stuff in your spindle and let's talk later. Because we're right. nothing, we're nothing even close to a gimmick. We have fun with our marketing. We have fun with our product. We name it stupid stuff like Sasquatch and Silverback and and uh, you know the Missing Link and stuff like that. And people just have fun with it. And our yeah. catalogs, you know, not it it's got all our product in it, but it's a joke. I mean, we just throw a little Easter eggs in it and have, let people have fun with it because we're not taking it too serious. But we're, we're dead serious about the quality of our product and ever since mark and i kind of both went our separate ways and started pushing the product throughout the us we're on the road the first six seven years we were on the road uh 44 weeks a year and that's a lot of time on the road you know and uh but that has paid off people are starting to know us we're out begging for distribution trying to find distribution wherever we could um and now distributors are coming to us and and that has turned around and come back tenfold now. We've got 300 plus distributors throughout the US um, and we have absolutely the best team on earth working behind the scenes. We've got a great outside sales staff our marketing as you can see is is top notch and then our inside people, the, the people that are working the nuts and bolts every day um, in our customer service department, our engineering and quoting department and people out physically building the tools on the machines. It's a great atmosphere and we I will fight anybody
1: that thinks they've got a better team than we do.
3: (laughs) This episode of The Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation.
1: We are systems integrators that focus on robotic weld applications as well as the design and manufacturing of weld fixtures. We like to provide these new technologies to our customers because it gives them the cutting edge against their competitors and other manufacturers in the industry as well as it gives us a competitive edge because there's a lot of other system integrator companies that are not dealing with AMR technologies. They're not deploying UR robots or collaborative robots or bin picking applications. And these are things that we like to focus because they're new innovative technologies in our industry that gives us capability to deploy applications that we could not do one point in time ago.
3: If you have any questions or would like to request for a quote, you can shoot us a message at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I like the thing that you said about like your marketing and how it's getting pushed back. Yeah. That's like the key thing that I know, like when a piece of marketing is going to be good, when people are going to love it is whenever you ask yourself, you're like, yeah, there's going to be some people that don't like this one.
0: There are people that don't like our marketing. Again, I I go back to some of the big guys out there think we're a gimmick. But once they try our product, they're like, these guys aren't a gimmick. And our marketing is not by any stretch of the imagination cheesy. We don't want it to be cheesy. But we just want people to know we're having fun. Because let's face it, if you can't have fun at something, don't do it. And so we come to work with a bright, fresh new idea every day. And you you see all these people getting bought up by these equity firms now. We're, we're like the last of the, of the, of the independents. You got us, you got Gar, you got Fullerton. I can't think of many more uh, because all the other guys have been snapped up by these equity firms. And these equity firms really have one thing in mind, and that is buy a cutting tool house, get it to grow, sell it to somebody else. Yeah. And there's no customer service. There's no entrepreneurial ship where people feel like they come in and contribute every day. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: yeah, you see that a lot in a, in a ton of different industries you'll see like big come up companies and like plc's so you know we're in the automation world there'll be a PLC platform and it's doing really well. Next thing you know, Rockwell, Alan Bradley comes and they'll buy that PLC platform and then rebrand it as their own. And it's done.
0: And the, and the entrepreneur that started that product and the and the energy and focus he put into it is gone. It just vaporizes. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that in so many different industries. We've seen that across our own industry, our own competitors. You know, we, we some of the biggest, some of our biggest competitors come to us and go, you guys are so nimble, we can't keep up with you. And that's us. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody's got a problem and we can fix their problem, it's, it's it's not out of the realm for me to jump in a jet in the afternoon, hop across the pond over to Michigan, and help somebody with a problem and come back the same day. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way we operate. And, and you know, the big guys can't do that. They have to check in with their corporate directors, yeah, and approval. then and then it has to fall down the ladder to the next manager yeah. and the next supervisor and the next director. And it, it, it's just way cumbersome. We don't ever want to be that yeah. way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a really cool dynamic because that's one of the things with the lead automation. Like, we started out, and one of the reasons why I wanted to start this company is like things move too slow, right? I'm like, why does it take so long to do this or so long to do that? Like, we could be spitting out systems like twice the speed, and uh, it's it's being nimble. It's it's designing the team and the company to be able to operate in their own ecosystem and not have to go through that approval chain. And that's exactly right. I have I have gone to every one of my
0: supervisors that are under me and said, look do not you do not have to call me for every simple little question do what's best for the company and i completely trust them all yeah, and you'll be fine and i will back you up all the all the way and they said great and you know in the automation industry right now it's it's impossible to find good help and so automation is the next level you know people have to automate because you can't get good help you can't today's kids aren't really into manufacturing too much and if if i have anything to say to today's youth as far as as manufacturing goes, is you can come out of high school and you can get a really nice job in the trades. Whether it be welding, whether it be machining, whether it be anything. There's a lot of great technical schools around the country that will uh, teach you how the basics of machining and stuff or welding or whatever you decide. And you're gonna start making money right away while these friends that went to college are in debt they're they are having a hard time finding that job that they got their you know that they that they got their uh, bachelor's degree on or or you know whatever they chose, and uh, it, it's the trades. If we can get the young people, the good smart young people, they're all computer savvy. Every yeah. one of every one of these kids yeah. coming up are computer savvy, and everything is computer driven now. You know all the CNC machines, everything is computer driven, and you got all this additive stuff coming on. That's all computer driven. Um, these kids get into the trades, make good money right away. And then work your way up and, you know, because there's just less and less and less of the workforce out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like kids now that are like with like the two two year degree of like a technical yeah. program. Twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine dollars an hour. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. And some some cow. guys, you know,
0: they work in the industry for five years and making six figures, Yeah, you know, and it's crazy. Whereas, you know, you I don't want to say, you know, the, the people that go and get a degree aren't needed. Of course they are. But it's really hard with a degree to start somewhere and work your way up that ladder. You got many, 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 many years that you have to be into it before you actually start making something out. But yeah. with technical training, um, the coolness factor of manufacturing in the U.S. is kind of sliding a little bit. Um, kids want to be gaming engineers. You know, they want to make software. Okay. But uh, we we need good we need good people in the industry. We need good people that are machinists, welders, fabricators, all of the above.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there will be a little bit of fixed with that because I think the industry itself is like waking up from like just understanding that like, hey, us as an industry, we've kind of been a dark market. Like nobody really right. hears much about us. And so like the industry itself is starting to have influencers now, people who are on social medias and where the kids are at. Right. Like that's one of the big, big issues. is The industry has been away from where the younger youth has been. Yes. and and yes and now thanks to social media we can we can get in front of the youth
0: wherever they are not just in the US but all over the world and tell them that you know manufacturing is very cool and you can to be able to come in and manufacture something and do something uh, in, in a trade aspect and and be proud of what you're making and use your hands use your head uh, that's that's I mean to a lot of kids that's that's a, a gold mine and we need those kids, we need those people. We have got to continue to keep manufacturing, especially here in the US.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to take a dive uh, deeper back into your past, kind of how you, how you started getting into this realm of things, how you got into this industry. Oh, I got into this in- industry was completely by accident. Again, my father-in-law owned
0: it. Uh, he started in 1974, was known as Carbide Grinding Company in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And uh, he owned it until 2003, when, when my wife and I bought it from him. And unfortunately, he passed a couple of years later. But he hasn't been able to see what we did with his company. Uh, we took his company, which was uh, mostly manual grinding, custom specials, things like that. He was—he uh, and his partner were old German gentlemen that were uh, very meticulous, but it was all manual grinding. And and I—I I, I knew that we had to step into the CNC manufacturing. Line, world yeah. or we were gonna die on the bind yeah. so we did that and uh, little by little we started getting more machines but then this opportunity came up with the gorilla mill where we made this end mill and it was going so well and getting so popular around the great lakes region that we said well screw it let's try it national yeah. and uh when we did that and then started going you know our separate ways and just going all over the country Uh, things started to pop, things started to hit. And then I'll tell you what was really big is, in 2015, we were uh, invited to a really large, uh, basically a a machining uh, strategy, uh, a very large aerospace company, I can't say their name, but it begins with B, um, puts together a challenge about every five to 10 years, and they invite all the big end mill people to come in, got some titanium at specific parameters and uh, we got invited and the little old gorilla mill got invited in with these guys that have been around 50 75 hundred years and it turns out that we did extremely well at this thing with our geometries with our coatings with our edge preps with our substrates we did so well that now all of a sudden we're getting very well known in the aerospace industry but we also like to stay very diversified you know we want to Uh, Though the aerospace is very big for us and is always going to be very big for us, space exploration is very big right now. Um, The defense gun industry is huge right now, Um, and we love being a part of it all. Medical is huge for us. So we're diverse enough to where if one particular segment of the industry is starting to, we got something else that usually picks it up. And some of the stories we were sitting around just telling stories and laughing our butts off last night about how we we used to fly around the country. I have an airplane. I had an airplane at the time and and we used to just fly around the country in this little airplane and and just some of the stupid stuff that we used to do. It's amazing (laughs) we're still alive, Uh, but we just had a ball and had fun doing it. And uh, I I wouldn't trade those memories for anything in the world. And and I could, again, I could go on for hours about how we got it to this point, but now people come over and go, man, I never thought you guys would make it this far and here we are and people stop by. It's kind of the cool place to hang out at the shows because we just we just want people we you know what you don't have to talk about MLs. Just come in and talk. Just right. get to know us. And and that's just word of mouth throughout the entire industry and, and hopefully, you know, we're not we're not out to belittle anybody or anything like that. We've got some great competitors out there. Yeah. But uh, business is business, yeah, and we're gonna see you in the trenches. We never back down from a good fight and we think we have a great product to back it up, and we make fun of ourselves and our product, uh, but, yeah, people tend to love it. So that whole gimmick thing, that's, uh, I dare you to try and call us a gimmick after you've run us on the spindle, <laughs> so. That's awesome, yeah. that's
1: awesome. Yeah. So, whenever you, uh, before you purchased this company, what were you doing prior to that? I was in radio. Radio, Yeah, really? out in California, had a morning show out there. No way, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: did it for 12 years. Um, the radio industry when you're in your 20s is really cool. You know, it's uh, it's a lot of parties. It's uh, You go out to bars every night. You do this and that. But once you get married and you have kids and all this stuff, it, it starts to become a little unstable. Right. So um, I was working at a rock station in San Diego, and I was doing the mornings there, and everything was going great until they decided to go country the next day. Really? Changed the format, came in, and fired us all. No way. And after 12 years of service, I was like, "Ah, that's kind of screwed. You know, I've got a family and wife now. And uh, so we tried to do some other little stuff on the side and it just wasn't going anywhere. So my father-in-law said, look, why don't you just come back and work for me? And I was really hesitant. I just, you know, coming from that world into the manufacturing world, again, young, manufacturing didn't seem sexy to me. but he said, let's give it a try. And I, I went back there, and I'm, for the first little while, I was like, I don't know if I like this. But then all of a sudden, it started to catch on. I was getting really good at it. I was building. I was actually physically grinding tools and specials. Nice. And then I started liking them. And, and I really wish I would have paid attention more to trigonometry in school
2: <laughs> because, <laughs>
0: because now I live it every day. Yeah. Um, but I really started to catch on, really started to like it my father-in-law saw that I really had the talent to take this business to the next level. And uh, so we, we said, you know, look, uh, he wants to retire. We want to get it going. And so we bought it from him and he retired. And unfortunately, like I said, he passed away and he never got to see what we did, but, uh, we've, we've gone up, uh, 1500% since we bought it from him. And, and so our, uh, our sales are much larger than he would have ever dreamed. and have
1: got to change the business model a little bit as well, right?
0: A lot, a lot. That transition from going to, to, like, not stocking anything and just doing small batch custom tooling to a national house that has to have stock on the shelves, mm-hmm. and all, that cost a lot of money. Yeah. And it was very difficult struggle. But once we made that flip and got it, now, you know, before it was always about 10% standard product, end mills, whatever, and then it was about 90% specials. Well, once that flipped and we became, now we're at about 70% um, standards and about, and then you know 30% specials, uh, once that flip happened, then it, it really started to take off. And we've got, I've been going around the country building a team for the last 15 years and they're the best in the industry by far, I, I think. We've got the best outside sales guys. Our inside, the ladies at Inside Customer Service are rock solid, they are rock stars. They make us all look good, yeah. <laughs>
3: This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. We also specialize in new technologies such as AMRs that gives us the ability to automate tasks that used to not be able to be automated.
1: We like to provide these new technologies to our customers because it gives them the cutting edge against their competitors and other manufacturers in the industry, as well as it gives us a competitive edge because there's a lot of other system integrator companies that are not dealing with AMR technologies. They're not deploying UR robots or collaborative robots or bin picking applications. And these are things that we like to focus because they're new, innovative technologies in our industry that gives us capability to deploy applications that we could not do one point in time ago.
3: If you have any questions or would like to request for a quote, you can shoot us a message at rfq at eliteautomationusa.com.
1: That's awesome. I think it's super, super important to like build your team up, give them the ability to drive. Like that's one of the core things that I've been focused on like the past six months is like anytime they're coming to me and asking me for something, I always ask myself first, is this something they can do without me? Like do you need me to to answer this for you or can you and, and a lot of times my answer is like, you know, this is your job, guys. You just take it, you own it, and, and however it turns out, it turns out. And you're going to back them, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: When I first when I first took over the company in 2003, I had a chokehold on it. I wanted to know what was going on in every little corner of the company. It was terrible. We were struggling. We were fighting to try and get business. The minute Mark said, Kevin, you need to get out here on the road with me and we need to try and sell yeah. this, I... Uh, I let go, and I said, all right, you got to just, my my biggest, I I remember going home one night and saying to my wife, how does Bill Gates do it? Yeah. I got 12 people, and I can't control it. Yeah. And that's because he delegates. Mm -mm. He's got good people under him, right?
2: Yeah.
0: The minute I started letting go of that, I started taking a chokehold, wanting to know everything that was going on, man, things just opened up, and it started to go. And, of course, you got to have good people in the right spots, but... I mean it just started to take off and I was like, holy crap, this is how he does it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can fill it. You can fill it after it starts to Right. I don't even it have own. to show up anymore.
0: Yeah. You know, I could be gone for a month and it runs like clockwork. Yeah. And I see sales, you know, even when I'm I think they do better when I'm out of the office. I <laughs> <laughs> well, get out of your messed up sales. Exactly. What are you doing here? You're <laughs> screwing us up. So it's it's been a it's been a, a great adventure. I sit sitting there looking back as I get into my sixties now, I look back on the last 15 years and I'm, I just smile because it's been so fun. It's been exhausting as hell, but it's been so fun. And not a lot of people can say that in their life. You know, they go to their job, they do their yeah. thing. We've got and everybody in our place. We, we, we go out of our way to make it feel like a big family. And we, we never want to lose that. Yeah. Never want to lose that small town, small business mentality, but a large business quality and yep. and service yep. so, and I've been offered by just about everybody to sell it and I, we're not going anywhere we have a succession plan my son started at 16 years old he's now 32 and he he knows nothing else his grandfather owned it then his father owned it he wants to do the same that's awesome yeah
1: that's super awesome yeah yeah I'm actually kind of glad you brought that one up so me as a father um, how did how did that transpire with like your son getting involved in the company and, you
0: know, when he uh, graduated high school, even before he graduated, I said, "Do you want? What do you want to do? Do you want to? You want to come work for me? You're going to sweep floors, you're going to empty the trash cans, you're going to do the dirty work, you're going to scrub the carbide barrels, you know the real dirty work, or you can go and you know, work at McDonald's or do whatever it is you want to do. I'm not going to force you to do anything. He goes, "Nope, Grandpa owned it before you. I want you." i want to go and i want to start there with you and then i want to learn the business and i want to be a part of it not knowing that he wanted to take it over one day but (laughs) you know a few years back a number of years ago as we were growing and being seen in the industry i started getting offers and stuff and i'd go up and go nate what do you think and he goes nope i'm taking it i got it and he has come along he's done a lot of growing you know he's had to grow up in there 16 years old you know, I was an idiot at 16 years old. I'm not saying he was, but there was a lot of growing that went on. And now we're setting this up for the next generation to just, boom, blast off. And they're going to do great. I have no doubt in my mind. How old is he now? He's 32. 32? Yeah. Nice. 32. Nice. So he's been
1: there for 16 years. He, he knows no other job. He's that's, never been doing anything else. That's a huge career run, right? And he knows he knows everything so in depth that Absolutely. that's another thing that you can't you can't buy, like, in an employee and, like, you know, I'm, I'm very quick on like protecting our company culture. Exactly, that's the biggest thing. And and one of my negative characteristics are, is like, I've, I'm okay with like letting people go. Yeah. Uh, well we have a COO of our company who's who does a phenomenal job and he's like, he's like you know, boss, we can't do that because, you know, we've already put a year, two years into this person. You know, maybe there's a characteristic I don't like that I'm seeing, but it's like we put this one, this two years and then and, and he's learning something that you can't hire and give to somebody else, right? is that value of them knowing your company knowing who to talk to not just we call it it tribal knowledge knowledge. tribal tribal knowledge knowledge.
0: you know it's just it's just we have a lot of that in our business and especially in our company where people just feel and know things that are going on that you can't teach yeah and then you know there's a lot of trouble getting good people out there today but we, we have found a really good plan, and that is we have a lot of young people at our place. So we're not all these guys that are at the top that are 60, 70 years old. I mean, our, I think our average age is under 30. And so we got all these young kids, and they have friends that are working at your quick trips. They're working at your McDonald's. They're working at this and that. Or they have a job, but they just don't like it, they don't, and they don't, have, they don't know what they want to do in a career. So we bring them in, and as long as the work ethic is there, you can train them anything. And then I go back to they're all computer savvy, every one of them. So we throw them on a CNC machine. They already know how to get around in it. You throw them into customer service. They already know how to get in and around our CRP software, uh, our ERP software. They know, you know, it's just amazing. And there are great kids out there that don't know what they want to do. But if you show them the way, man, they blossom like crazy. And then you have that great culture within, you know, where, look, uh, we all just went through COVID. And, and, you know, some people don't want to come back to work. They want to stay home forever yeah. and work from home. And that's great for some people. Every one of our employees wanted to come back because they wanted to be around their teammates again. Yeah. We like the face-to-face. You know, they, they just wanted to get back at it again and get it with their teammates because there's so much more that can be done in person when you're collaborating rather than over a Zoom meeting.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that says a lot, too, like whenever you love your work environment. You want to gravitate towards it, right?
0: We've been very lucky. We've lost only a couple people in the last several years, and that was just due to them wanting to try something different. You know, just, you know, and that's fine. Nobody ever leaves us because, you know, we've made them unhappy and they don't like what they're doing. It's because they either want to try something different, or we, you know, there's some people that just don't fit. So that man right there is a stud, by the way.
1: Yeah, so uh, for individuals who are trying to get into our industry, what are some suggestions that you have for them?
0: You don't have to have the college degree. Is a college degree nice? Sure it is, but you don't have to have it. You don't actually have to have any. If you want to just go in, but remember, you got to work hard for it. Not everything's easy anymore. And for the people that think they're going to come in and make six figures right away and get a cell phone in a car, that doesn't happen.
2: That's, you know,
0: that's, I don't even think you can get that even if you went through and got a four-year degree, no. you know. So you're going to have to work from the ground floor and up. You're going to have to put it in, put in the time. None of us got to where we are now overnight. Yeah. You know, as you know, and, and all the other business owners know, you have to work hard to get where you want to be. And But it's, it's certainly available. Remember that guy I told you about that... Uh, that we started this with, that's yeah. him right there. Oh,
2: that's so awesome.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so for the young kids that want to get in, you really, you know, go to the shows. See these shows. They're awesome. They're a great place to start thinking about what you want to do in life. Yeah. And, you know, that, that degree, hey, God bless you if you want to get a degree, but
1: yeah. we also don't, need you don't great, have to. great yeah.
0: people in trades. Yeah. You need trades.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like you said too, like there's even the community college option. Like if you have if you don't really have a clue of like how to get into it. A lot of these community colleges have CNC's on site. Yeah, I've seen
0: some amazing technical colleges that have some, they have better shops than most real shops (laughs) out there, you know? And we we try to, in fact, we did our, uh, we call it Tools for Schools last year, where we gave away, I think, I wanna say it was close to about 30 or $40,000 worth of free tooling to various schools throughout the country and then, of course, we throw the swag in there too. We throw them hats, yeah. shirts, posters. We want these kids to remember us as they're coming up into the industry.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know,
0: and, and I, you know, hats off to the people at Haas. Uh, Haas is has got that mentality of if you start them young. And you get to them when they're not even in the industry. They'll remember you all the way through. So Haas is giving machines to these technical colleges and everything else. And sure enough, what do you suppose happens when these kids get into the real world? They want to work on the Haas machines. Yeah, people
1: use what they work with. Right, right.
0: So, you know, let's face it, we're all getting old. And I see a (laughs) lot of old faces here still. And a lot of people that I've been in the industry with this last number of years, it's really good to get COVID behind us and get out talking to people again. God, I miss that a lot because I really enjoy it. I really enjoy just face-to-face and talking with people, whether I'm networking, or whether I'm just saying hi to a buddy that I've been in the industry with for many, many years.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So for, uh, for some, let's say for somebody that's already in a career, right? If they wanna make a shift within their career, somebody works for your company, right? Yeah. And they decide they want a, a bigger position within the company, they wanna, I don't know, maybe as far as go executive, or maybe it's just a management position. Yeah. What are some things that they can do to to navigate that? We always try to
0: hire from within if we're looking for management positions. That's our first goal. We always tell people, look, you're going to decide your future here. So we give them the opportunity. Now, look, some of them say, look, I don't want to do anything else. I like working on CNCs. That's fine. We need those too. But we're always looking for people who want to strive to get better, that want to move up, that want to learn different things, that want to uh, team players. If you're not a team player, if you're that isolated person out there that's going to do things your own way, that's yeah. not going to fly.
2: Yeah. You
0: know, we're very team-oriented, and uh, basically, we say, I'm driving the bus, everybody's on board, we don't may not know where the hell we're going, yeah. but at least we're all on board and we're going. You know, we have... Don't don't get me wrong. There's, you know, like at every company, we have our little BS meetings, and people get in a little bit of heat. It's because they're passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. We're all passionate about making sure we survive and we're successful, and and so uh, any heated arguments in our place, which you know we try to keep at a minimum, is only about the direction of the company, and that's good. It's never drama. We don't like drama. Yeah. And that's another thing. If you can stay away from drama anywhere in in the industry. You're going to move up the chain. We're just looking for good people that want to put in a good, hard day, that want to be a part of how we do things. Yeah. I'm always listening to my employees say, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? You know, if somebody comes to me and says, Kevin, that's a dumb idea, I'll be like, okay, tell me why. Yeah. And uh, if I think they're right, then yeah, you're right. I, I have no reason to do something like that. So if you want to move up within a company and say, listen, keep your ears open at first and don't be afraid to train the guy below you. Because my biggest pet peeve is people that want job security and don't want to help the next yeah. person up. If you want to move up the ladder, you help that person fill your shoes so you can fill somebody else's.
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree. I've always had the mentality: I want to give somebody my job. Great, perfect you know? example.
0: Yeah, you, you I, look,
1: I want I, I want. I'll tell the tell the manager above me: I want to take your job. <laughs> there you, you know? go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you can move up. Yeah. So you yes. can move up
1: exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Awesome. You have any last words before we jump off of here? Or? Um, or where can people find you at?
0: Oh, we can find out. Well, yeah, we're at gorillamill.com. It's, it's, it's simple as that. And we're the biggest, loudest, most obnoxious booth at every trade show. Uh, Love but, it. but people tend to, to migrate towards us and we, we just want to be a place to hang out and have a good time, have some great conversation. And Hey, if you want to do business, we'll take that
2: too. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate your help, man. Yeah. No and good luck to you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.